Welcome to episode 59 of the Book Wars Pod. I am Chris. I'm here with Kate and Kristen, as always, and we are continuing our discussion of Last Shot by Dana Jose Older. <clears throat> Sorry, had to burp. <laughs> uh, Christ. This week we read parts two and three, kind of the middle third of the book. Oh my God. Uh, and there is a lot. To, it was very plot heavy. There's definitely a lot to talk about, but it was, like, very plot-heavy. Yeah. I just, like, you continuing to talk like everything's totally normal and you just fucking belched it. I'm simultaneously assuming burp. that Kristen edited out me burping into the mic and no, also didn't. understanding that she didn't. No, she didn't. <laughs> she absolutely well, did not. Why would I ever edit anything like that out? <laughs> Kristen burps at Kristen, least once a Kristen anyway. edits for sound quality, not for content. <laughs> I edit for some content. Depends. <laughs> depends on how uh, it depends on how embarrassing it is and for whom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she definitely left that burping. Oh yeah. No. Oh, everybody. Yeah. Everybody heard me belch into the oh, mic. Oh fuck yeah. Well, the reason I did is because I am drinking fuck. a Trader Joe's brand sparkling raspberry lime flavored spring water. Oh yum. So basically, sounds, just sounds Lacroix. Delightful. Yeah. I wonder if it's like legit LaCroix and they repackaged it or no you know it's probably Crystal Geyser yeah because I don't think LaCroix has like the cranberry lime yeah mm. well also I I at least back in the day they did used to rebrand Crystal Geyser shit because my dad worked for the company that owns Crystal Geyser <laughs> mumble, mumble, mumble. My dad was important. <laughs> so we would we would always find out about this because we would like want to buy Crystal Geyser water and it was fucking expensive so we would just buy Trader Joe's water because it's the same. You couldn't just steal water from the office or some shit? I mean, we want to like big big cases of water. You couldn't just steal water from the office or some shit. <laughs> My dad has morals. Didn't get last, passed down. Uh, last, last shot's fired. Ah. Uh, wow. I hate myself. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> So anyway, that's what I'm drinking. Kate, what are you drinking? I'm drinking more of the Bordeaux Rosé with a straw. I just woke up from a nap, so this is going to go great. I'm the only person on this podcast who's been awake for more than 30 minutes. Yeah, I also just woke up from a nap. <laughs> TM. Um, <laughs> always, always just waking up from a nap. Um, and I'm just having some sparkling water today. Uh, it's very shitty and hazy with the smokes in portland today so i don't feel like drinking also i just woke up from a nap so i'm like a little baby <laughs> so okay. i'm just having some sparkling water well it makes one of us <laughs> so should we star war let us star war let let us do you want to talk about how mon mothma done fucked up oh my god <laughs> mon mothma so good and yet, so annoying. Just Mon Mothman all over the place. Just, just Surely. Her mouthfulness, not the best. Oh my god. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about the state of the New Republic at the time of Last Shot. And we see in one of the big set pieces in part 
both parts two and three is substation grimdock which is this old imperial kind of black site prison um but it seems that there's a bit of a standoff between kind of a ragtag group of pirates who have come to pick up all these bad people who the (laughs) imperial warden who was for some reason left in charge of the prison just decided to release and the new republic fleet and by the new republic fleet i mean they don't actually have any guns they have, like, one guy on board the flagship with a blaster, probably. Yeah. Like, they have, like, almost nothing. And, like, it's, like, known also that they don't have very much. What a hot-ass mess. Yeah. One guy with the blaster pointing it towards an airlock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, like, got a little bit of this from Aftermath, and we'll get a little bit more from Life, Debt, and Empire's End. But when we had that debate between um, Oxy the Tegruta aide and Hostis, who I believe was human. Um, Mon Mothma's political aides. No, 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 I think... Was Hostis not human? I feel like he was Chagrian, but anyway, go on. Maybe it was Chagrian. I'll Google it. Cool. <laughs> um, but, point being, you had Hostis with the more, frankly, imperial view of strong centralized government, we need a military, you know, the galaxy's in chaos, and we need to reassure people that we can control things versus oxy and mon mothma very much fell on her end of the spectrum of no we just got out of an empire like the whole point of us is that we are not going to do that and we need to demilitarize and let the people rule themselves and mon mothma was kind of on that train also and it doesn't feel like that's the best I'm I'm having a brain fart trying to figure out like the real world historical parallels to this disarmament thing. Obviously, we had Germany at the end of World War One, but um, you know when they rearmed, they that wasn't a fun time, right? <laughs> um, but I'm just like trying to think of like other examples of like the winter disarming. Yeah. Uh, do we have any? We may not have any, actually. Now I'm trying. To, now I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think. Like Japan did too at the end of World War II, but obviously they yeah, did but not that do was, that. Yeah, but that was that was forcible. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, I don't have an answer to this, but am I crazy or did we read a short story about this? Did we? I thought so. About which? About Mon Mothma. Didn't we read a short story about Mon Mothma? Uh, you might be thinking of some of the interludes in Aftermath. Oh, probably. Is... That checks out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Carry no, on. Good. No, it's good. Um, it's just, uh, like this ongoing conversation that she kind of has throughout the, yeah. the Chandrilla inter- interludes in Aftermath. Yeah. I think probably historically the closest parallel is post-World War One, where people didn't exactly demilitarize, but they, well, they kind of did. Mm-hmm. Britain and France and the U- the U.S. didn't super ramp up in the first place in World War One yeah, because we suck. Because we're busy fapping around in the yeah. background. <laughs> um, but you did see Britain and France not be as militarized and just the whole failure of the League of Nations with like, we're all going to get along and have no army to reinforce any of this. Eh. Um, so, and, and clearly that works well. Sorry, this is like my can is positioned in such a way that my voice is like echoing off it and making it ring and i hate it 
He has a lot of problems. Um, I don't know how to spell hostis. This is not going well. It's H-O-S-T-I-S. Great. <laughs> I'll Sound. check. I'll Just check. a moment. Let me check Wikipedia. I can do it now that I know what it's spelled like. Sound it out, Keeks. Well, I know. I kept typing in hostess, and then it was giving me snowball recipes. It was not helpful. Oh, that makes perfect sense, actually, now that you say that. Hostess? Star Wars? I should not be singing. This is why I'm not on the fucking music episodes, y'all. Oh, it's, it's good, Kay. I love it. Skip. Come on. Okay. Whoever well, finds out what species houses is first wins. Uh, human. Male. Ah! Well, from I was Sh- wrong. From Shandrilla. I was wrong. Excuse the podcast. Okay. Hostess Idge. Yep. What? His last name is Idge. IJ. It's a pun. <laughs> Get it? <sighs> Get it? I don't. Sounds like hostage. Um, oh, Christ almighty. Ta- it- hostage. <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> God damn it, Chuck. It's, you know what, though? It's, it's, it's still not as good as I'm a gun die, so. It's, it's- nothing will ever be as good. <laughs> As I'm a gun die. Well, that was that was a thrilling uh, excursion into Wikipedia. Any fucking ways. Thank I'm you. a gun die canon, a... right? Yeah. Okay. He's in Clone Wars. Yeah, that's another thrilling into thrilling look into. I don't know names, nor can I spell them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I wrote what I always write anytime Mon Mothma and Disarmament come up, which is I don't think she knows it's called Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> So I think she's really hoping that there's not going to be more Star Wars, but then there's still going to be more Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, Mon Mothma is often working from a place of idealism, and we've seen before that she um, doesn't love getting super down and dirty in the trenches, like thinking about the actual warfare part of things, which is why she and Saw Guerrero is at odds. Um, and she definitely carries that philosophy over into governing, even though, you know, believing in people's better angels is not generally a good idea, because not everyone is a good actor. So, here we yeah, are. Yeah, what, what is that timeline, um, not timeline, what is that arc called in Rebels, where um, she fights with Saw? I don't know, but it's the second arc of season four. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's in the name of the rebellion parts one and two. Thank you. Yes. Chris immediately answers, "I don't know. Of course I know. Why don't you just shut up and we talk?" <laughs> <laughs> True. Hello. But yeah, I mean, we get like obviously Mon Mothma is set up in Star Wars to be this very heroic figure. Obviously, we see her in Rogue One, being you know this very stately leader of the Council. We didn't see her in Revenge of the Sith because writing reasons. Uh, No, that's not fair because editing reasons. Um, Can I just like copy paste like that same noise I just made into like (laughs) editing reasons? Anyway, (laughs) Kinks, you do that. (laughs) Um, We get a lot of her in Rebels being very much the hero and like the heroic version. We've talked a little bit about this in our 
multiple discussions on Saw Gerrera, but she is very much his foil within the, not within the rebellion, because he is has left the rebellion by this point, but within the anti-imperial uh, block, shall we say. Totally. Um, I also think it's interesting, kind of the the symbolism behind her appearance. We we never see her not wearing those like white robes, and even Han towards the beginning when um, my mouth like just blows up in the middle of his fucking living room. Um, you know, he's just like she's just like looking all ethereal and like unreal and staring at me with no shirt on and judging that loving shit out of me. And it's like the middle know, of the fucking night. I know it's so it's good. Like when people show up for like early morning meetings and like actually turn on their webcams i'm like what are you doing I know. <laughs> i'm in my pajamas so good uh but you know the only other character we really get who wears similar kinds of outfits is leia and after a new hope um we don't see her wearing those white outfits after that you know she's always like wearing um practical things or you know some kind of military get up um because she because leia is willing to get down and dirty and we see that when she uh when they hop into the trash compactor and you know <laughs> it doesn't look so pristine after that because it's garbage water um but yeah mon mothman never gets to gets to that level honestly like literally never gets to the fucking like garbage level it, like metaphorically or literally oh just to be clear i was thinking about her story and from a certain point of view which is um, not about this, but you know. Oh yeah, um, contingency there. plan by Alexander Freed. Plan, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Um, <sighs> but yeah, and just thinking back to, obviously, we're gonna get more of this in the aftermath trilogy as we read more, and that's chronologically the closest to last shot. But even looking at Bloodline, which is, hmm, twenty-four years after the Battle of Yavin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Six years pre-TFA, right? So. Yes. So that would make it 24 years. Out. No, 28. Sorry, 28. Math. I One day I'll get this timeline down. Was it 26? TFA is 34. Is that, is that 26? 26 years? Yeah. No. Because 30 minus 6. Oh. 24? What? After the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. So TFA <laughs> is 34 ABY. Oh. Which makes... I thought it was 32 for some reason. Anyway, whatever. Numbers yeah. are fake. <laughs> so 34. So that makes Bloodline 28 ABY. Last shot is 7, I think we established ABY. So 21 years later, 21 years after last shot, we are seeing kind of the results of this where Leia is kind of openly lamenting like yeah this governmental system actually not great mon mothma kind of held it together by you know by her, cult, by her by her mothfulness by the cultural <laughs> personality around her which is great as far as it goes but it it's not good long term it's very predicated on the idea that everybody is playing with the same rules that you are and we're kind of already seeing in last shot that you know the pirates and ex-imperials and the bad actors in the galaxy are not playing by those rules. Right. Again, better angels are not found universally throughout the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know more about why Mon Magma is such a fucking idealist. I'm like, do you have reasons or no? Cool. I wonder, 
I wonder how much we might get of her in um, the Queen's Shadow, honestly, because, mm. yeah. you know, thinking of other, like, power women in the Senate um, that Padme's about to be joining. And like, we know that they you, were close. Yeah. Did you read that one, Chris? Yeah. It's uh, upcoming in March. Oh. <laughs> by E.K. Johnston. It may. <laughs> Un- unclear. Um, don't worry. I, if you if you hated our timeline talk from, from, last, <laughs> from last episode, don't worry. It keeps going. <laughs> um, yes, I would love to see that. Also, I definitely think that there's so much room, probably post-episode 9, for A, more origins of Mon Mothma, and hopefully Bale, and B... Um, well, I just lost my train. Oh, and B, um, the kind of continued development of the New Republic between Last Shot and Bloodline, and particularly why Mon Mothma left. Because we kind of vaguely know that she's sick in Bloodline. Like, right, she's right. sick with something and left for some reason, but, like, clearly did not leave behind a stable enough system to survive for more than a couple years without her. Oh, I mean... I the implication thought, is that she left fairly recently. I mean, I, I just assumed that, you know, it was a very sudden illness or whatever the hell, so... Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, you, you, the way you framed it, made, it kind of made it sound like she had chosen to leave, which I don't think happened. No, 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 not necessarily, but just kind of knowing the circumstances of the Republic as she left, because it feels like it oh. fell apart very, very quickly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh Yikes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Speaking- I want, I want yeah. the history of Mon Mothma... I was also, gonna say I want I want Kate to write the history of my mom, and I'm like, oh my god, there's not a book that Kate would like to write less. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> that would I would make that the most horrifically boring book. Don't let me write that. White, white women, a Star Wars story. <laughs> I know. I hate you, and it just says that over and over again. And that's oh my god, the, I will say the though, working title. One place where we do get more Mon Mothma, and it's more adult Mon Mothma, but um is Leia Prince of Alderaan, also by Claudia Gray. We get a lot of her in that, and including one of my favorite scenes in the canon books, which we'll talk about when we get to it. It's just, it involves Leia and Bale and Brea and Mon Mothma, and it's, and Tarkin, and it's fantastic. Oh my lord. I'm so excited. Adult like grown up, not adult like explicit. Oh my god. I'm it's, just saying, Kristen, I hate it's it never, it's say. never adult explicit. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I always just wanted to say grown up. <laughs> it's grown up, Mon Mothma. Big girl, Mon Mothma. Big girl, Mon. That's somehow worse than adult. Oh, that's oh, this this got so weird. I hate it. Sorry. I hate it. I it's, hate it. It's okay. If anything, just do it for me. I'm actually like not saying that. It's because my brain like literally cannot. When I hear the word adult, I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> so it's, if you're going to do it for anyone, do it for me. That would Keek, really appreciate it. Do it for her. Keeks's brain automatically jumps to Mon Mothma for mature audiences only. Yeah, I'm like fucking serious. And then you describe who's in the scene and I'm like, oh no. Oh my God. How many times am I going to choke on this particular bottle of wine? Listen, I I'm just being both. honest with you with my co-hosts. Just, oh my god. 
This is why for that. This is why despite the fact that we're that you are older than us, we are still your fucking parents. I know. I'm a child. Wait, so how are we how are we referring to the Del Rey canon versus the Disney Hyperion YA canon? The grown up books, Chris. We're calling them the grown up books. Is that what we're going with? (laughs) Apparently we are. (laughs) Yeah. I think so. I mean, like, it's not like I know when we're talking about the books, like that doesn't trigger for me. But I still think we should call them the grown-up books. <laughs> it's it ironic. More fun. It's ironic because yeah. I feel like we've gotten more fucking in the YA books than in the right. grown-up books so far. That's right. <laughs> yes, I think so. The growing-up books and the grown-up books. I, I think that's true because we haven't read Life Day yet. Ooh. Ooh. Spicy. Foreshadowing. Uh, no, hashtag uh, foreshadowing. That's not foreshadowing. That's hashtag, just telling you there's hashtag, fucking. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag grown up themes, Kristen. <laughs> grown up content. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. I'm like losing my goddamn mind today. Um, well, it is Monday what? and you just woke up from a nap and you are not drinking a beer while recording the podcast. You are just this not in your true. actual state. This is not optimal. I know. I know. What else? Do we think of anything else about Grown Up Mon Mothma? Just that it... Oh, God. You... Just just to reiterate that you can really feel the seeds of the next war between the New Republic and the First Order. And really, the resistance in the First Order, New Republic didn't do shit. Um, Womp womp. You feel the seeds of this next war right in the... Uh piece the fragile piece that's already being uh threatened yeah like taka brings them out of out of hyperspace and i'm like why are there all these fucking pirates here like the new republic is here and the pirates are here like why is this being allowed to happen <laughs> taka's reaction to that was like the most special thing ever he, they were just like the fuck is this and i was like same <laughs> yeah Relatable. That's most most of Star Wars is coming out of hyperspace going, what the fuck? Honestly, though. That's I do no love, moon. I do love that Taka has armed their ship with just such a ridiculous armament that it, like, <laughs> outweighs the entire pirate fleet, though. I was so happy. And the New Republic fleet, obviously, which we touched upon. But uh, yeah, I mean. Because, yeah, they're just throwing space onions at... <laughs> people that's what they're doing for <laughs> potato anyway. cannons all across right. the starboard bow that's right <laughs> root veg root vegetables is what they've <laughs> decided why not carrots um, those are pointy it's just pu- it's just putrid food fruit grown on rata <laughs> yep <laughs> God. um speaking of war <laughs> uh, <laughs> Speaking of war and adult themes, and who wants shit. to talk about PTSD and trauma? Our favorite. I know Tramapod. we get that in this book. Wait, really? Twist. In Star Wars? No, <laughs> not Star Wars. <laughs> um, I do appreciate though that um, you know, again, like we talked about on the on the first episode we did um for Last Shot. Um, this is the first time we're really getting um, deep dives into Han Leno's perspectives post-war. And um, like, like we're always talking about with Star Wars and the original trilogy, it's, you know, it, it ends with the, the fucking bear party on Endor and everyone's happy and stuff. And no one ever really deals with the psychological fallout of of the, that, the Galactic Civil War. And so um, it was... 
it was sad, but it was also really refreshing and really realistic to, like, see these war heroes actually struggling with, like, what they've been through, especially because, um, you know, when you're a small rebellion and, and you're fighting a larger power, even your generals are going to be on the front line. They're going to be right fucking there. So, um, and we definitely see that in Hot Lando so far. These hoes need space therapy. Everyone needs space therapy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's interesting to think about, you know, just to expand on what you were saying, Kate, and just kind of the sudden nature of the way the war developed. Because, I mean, you know, six months before Endor, you have It Is a Dark Time Before the Rebellion and them almost being annihilated at Hoth. And, you know, really, things are in shambles. And then six months later, through a very poor gamble by the Emperor, God damn it. they have taken out the two top people in the Empire, and frankly, the only two that really pose a significant threat at that time, and as well as a decent portion of the Imperial fleet, and just basically be through luck. Through the Force, through- Chris. Through the Force. Excuse you. It's the Force. Through well, the Force and Palpatine's what... bad planning. <laughs> is, isn't that what the fucking non-surrender surrender story is about? Or would... I don't remember the Mon Mothma surrender story. Isn't she like, we're all gonna die. Everything's fucked. I'm gonna give up. <laughs> yeah. It is. In, uh, in, in that story, Contingency Plan, it's about Mon Mothma assuming that the Battle of Yavin is going to go poorly and going to Coruscant to sue for peace. And, yep. and and so you go from this whiplash of basically being on the verge of losing, kind of just constantly on the verge of losing the war, if you're the Rebellion, to essentially winning it. We know it goes on for a year longer until Jakku, but like not on a, not on a large scale for the most part. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes Endor, assorted uh, skirmishes, Jakku, end. Like... Which is kind of crazy, honestly. Which is, well, it's, it's the problem of having a top-heavy leadership structure. Mm-hmm. You know, when all your power is in Palpatine because he thinks he's invincible. Sure. And, I mean, we've seen already in Lost Stars how absolutely just, like, a clusterfuck it was after um, the second Death Star. So Yeah. Really, speaking of not setting up a government to succeed, I mean, you have really the only person outside of the Emperor and Vader who was fit to lead. Well, there were two. And one is Thrawn, and we don't know where he was, and one was Tarkin. He got blown up. Yeah, and there was just no cultivation. Uh, honestly, there was no cultivation of young Imperial talent. Ray Sloan did what she could, but but there's too many Moff Pandians and Moff Rans and uh, um, creepy guys like <laughs> What's-His-Face, whose name I can never remember, uh, in Aftermath. The adv- creepy Sith advisor guy. Yeah. You know, you that know guy. who I mean. That guy. But, mm-hmm. but Chris. Did Pal- Palpatine Pal- should have had uh, Horcruxes. Uh, uh, Palpatine didn't need Horcruxes because, as he stated in um, um, Revenge of the Sith, uh, he had ultimate power, so. Unlimited power? Yeah, excuse me. Excuse <laughs> the fuck out of me. <laughs> I just gave Tristan cancer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to get back to. <laughs> To get back to what I was saying, God damn it! You know, if you think about kind of your traditional story progression, you have the beginning, and then there's conflict, and the heroes, you know, are angry at one another, and then the heroes make up, 
and through their making up, become a power stronger than they were and defeat the enemy. And they all have sex. And then they all have sex. Yeah. But we never got that. In the, well, we got them all having sex. But Duh. Adult, adult themes. Um, at the bear party. At the bear party. I got it in fanfic. Please see but, episode 58 <laughs> yeah. for more sex at the bear party. Yep. But we never, <laughs> we never got Han and Lando, and really anybody, and I think that we're going to deal with some of this more in the Aftermath trilogy. We never got anybody being able to react and deal with their trauma. They went from being on their heels in wartime to essentially it being over. They never got to have that period of we're winning and we can actually think about other things. Right, absolutely. It's just, I mean, it's just complete fucking whiplash when you think about the grand scope of things. I mean, uh, war timelines in Star Wars are kind of crazy when you think about it because, like, the Clone Wars is, like, what, three years or something like that? And then the Galactic mm-hmm. Civil War, like, when at, at the point where it was actually open warfare was, like, maybe four years. So just... <laughs> yeah, it's... I... It's interesting to think about particularly how short the Clone Wars were and just how utterly devastating they must have been totally. for the populace to get so sick of them. Because I always think of them in my head as being much longer. And that's why everybody was so sick of them. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, well, I mean, we're talk- of course we're talking they were like, about... They were like eight seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't the galaxy know oh my God. that we were on a syndicated schedule? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but I mean... You know, it's it's one of those things where, well, you know, we, we talk about Star Wars, you know, inordinately, but of course it's, it's, it, it is sci-fi. We do have horrific weapons of mass destruction. Like, this is, this is like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this is what the future of warfare would look like. You know, it's just all mass casualties in a very small time frame. Yeah. So that's, that is what it's going on here. And of course, when you have mass casualties in a very small time frame, and you're fighting in this war, you get a little fucked up in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't see a whole lot of what exactly Lando is doing, um, like, during the course of the war after he joins up with the Rebellion. Um, you know, he we get, like, snips and bits from his dialogue in both um, Return of the Jedi and in the Battlefront game about various battles he's been in. Um, but... You know, we don't know what he's seen, really, um, except for the fact that now we know that he has horrible nightmares, like, flashing back to the war, which is totally normal for a war veteran, especially somebody who is on the front lines and responsible for who knows how many lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Womp, womp. Mm. Sucks. Right? Space therapy. Mm-hmm. As always, everyone needs space therapy but yeah i mean you said lando has nightmares we also have him kind of like almost like losing where he is and dissociating a little bit when he is on the gun of the vermilion and like he just feels like he's back in the death star absolutely and we see that from nora as well where when she's flying she feels like she's back in the death star nora wexley in aftermath yeah totally i mean you know it's it makes perfect sense because you you know you see them kind of like getting into a zone when they have to like yeah do these horrible things where they're just, like, blowing people up. Because, you know, if you think about it too hard, then you're just thinking about the people you're blowing up. So, you know, it's it's kind of... It makes sense that they would just kind of go on autopilot and just go for the blowing people up. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, I know we have on here to talk about Han freaking out when someone knocks on the door as it's written. Um, <laughs> it's, so that's when... Uh, 
isn't baby Ben sleeping in the room and he puts him on the floor? Yeah. Because yeah, and then like grabs his on, like, Someone's knocking on like, yeah, someone's knocking on like the balcony door. We find out it's Lando and it's fine. But um, I got very like Anakin watching Padme sleeping vibes from that scene. I was like, oh, oh yeah, didn't, wasn't there something in the window? That was a bug, not the same thing. However, it was very much like, oh, he's m- m- reacting to this like like there's a reason someone would be breaking into the- his house to like fucking kill all of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the fact that that's like the first instinct he reaches for, even after, you know, however many years, and especially, especially now because he has a kid. Um, yeah, that feels, I mean, that feels, that feels really real. And it's also kind of like super fucking alarming. Also, what kind of shitty security guards do you have that, that Lando climbed up to your balcony, but whatever. <laughs> I know, like Leia is clearly part of, we don't know a ton about the direct government system but like Leila's, or leia is <laughs> leia is clearly part of you know the cabinet or whatever equivalent like the inner circle where she gets to be part of the security council and everything so like again where's the security mon mothma also this is just good practice if you have a sliding glass door always make sure you have a dowel <laughs> sliding glass doors are scary that's how people die you're like, not wrong Dude, like I know, <laughs> I, 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 y'all. I just I, I recently finished reading um, "I'll Be Gone in the Dark" by um, Michelle uh, McMara, and I'm never gonna sleep again. <laughs> and sliding glass doors are a huge reason why. <laughs> yes. Um, for those who are not familiar, it is a wonderfully written nonfiction book about the Golden State Killer. That, again, beautifully written, but you'll never sleep again. Anyways. <laughs> so to confirm, this I'm is out of galaxy. I'm scared to read it. Dude, you gotta yes, read it. It's out of galaxy, but but the sliding glass door advice is eternal. Do Han and Leia it transcends n- space and time? No, it's absolutely true. Chris, also go fuck yourself. Do Han and Leia not have a Nest home camera? They should. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know why they don't have the the galaxy far, far away equivalent of that. But you know, whatever. Seems like, seems oh no, a, they do. Because doesn't he? Can he see Le- that it's Lando on the fucking? Oh, does he do that through the security? Device? I thought he just looked out the window. Oh, you know what? You're so totally no, right. He sees that it's him on the fucking security oh. camera. Well, shit. He's like this fucker, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, oh, Lando, and then he gets punched in the face. It's great. And it's back to this fucker. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, you're totally right now that you say that, which, oh, Lord. But anyway, yeah, no, no one's banning those security cams, though. So, you know, you have a, you have a fucking culinary droid, but you don't have a fucking droid to, like, go stare at the, like, various little small TVs of the security feeds. Sure, Jan. <laughs> Thanks, Star Wars. I feel Wars. like everybody, everybody's doing poorly with security. Like, we see Lando in the beginning, too, where... Oh, God, yeah! Um, where, is it, uh, the... It, the droid that turns into the murder droid. Rx. Um, R- Thank you. Sorry. You know, I don't. I'm here for you. Anyway, R- Rx is like, oh, the fucking security pew, pew, pew should have been all around by now. Let me go fucking find Loba and see what the fuck is going on. It's like, why hasn't anyone noticed that besides this fucking droid? I know. It's just like, this, this is fucking great. Oh, no, I've been compromised. Kill. <laughs> yep. Totally fine. There's a lot of there's a lot of only one ne- thing needs to go wrong in this galaxy. <laughs> there's not a lot of fail safes built in. Fucking damn it. 
cool. And we talked about having some serious shit to figure out between them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was I was kind of like, it's been it's been two years since the end of the war, and Han and Lando have still not talked about how Lando got Han frozen in carbonite. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. And that's and that's I think I think I maybe misunderstood what we were talking about for because that's like kind of what I'm saying about like when would they have like they went from Han being unfrozen to I mean I know time is kind of a flat circle in Star Wars but like presumably within a few days the Battle of Endor and winning the war right and then celebrating and going off and doing their own thing Han gallivanting with Chewie and trying to free Kashyyyk and Lando uh we kind of got like a throwaway line of dialogue and we'll see more in Life, Debt, and Empire's End trying to liberate Bespin in Cloud City. And also we know for Battlefront working with the Rebellion. But it's kind of this like writ large, super relatable problem where you have a fright with your friend and it's like, so are we going to actually talk about this or are we going to pretend it never happened and just keep rolling with it? And they choose the second option, which is so... <laughs> easy to do and yeah. then you're just like sitting there like we never actually talked about this so i'm so really mad at you but i don't want to talk about this because confrontation is a thing and i'm just mm. <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say have you considered both han and lando hate talking about their feelings oh god yes <laughs> i mean han doesn't even know what his feelings are half the time you see him trying to like same as fucking lando he's a fucking mess <laughs> i know he's just like i i have this feeling when i think about kasha i'm like you're in love with her you goddamn idiot and meanwhile han is like i should i should call my wife and then he has this sudden realization like oh i miss my wife and i'm like of course you missed your wife you big idiot <laughs> yep and that scene between them is just so well written too because like it's it's they're coming out of the crazy asylum and uh han's just like please tell me you had that game rigged and you didn't actually gamble with our arms and lando's <laughs> like Han, do I look like the kind of guy... Yes, you look exactly the kind of guy who would gamble my life away. And I was over here, like, reading this book, like, Oh, shit! That escalated so quickly. I know! But, yeah, no, there's 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 a lot of fallout there. Like, you know, I feel like being frozen in carbonite might be a little bit traumatizing. <laughs> especially when you're betrayed by someone that you, like, you know, you... Th- you know, you thought in Empire Strikes Back that he was going to punch you in the face, and then he didn't, and then he betrayed you, and it's just like, there's a lot going on. Like, Han never um, gets to this point, I feel like, where he actually thinks he can trust Lando. And it's really fucked up. Yeah. It's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And even thinking back to just earlier in this book, like, the first time, he, I mean, uh, presumably he's seen Lando since... Endor, and certainly since Jakku, because Uncle Ben Wanwo. knows. Exactly, because <laughs> Uncle Wanwo. And so presumably they've seen each other, but this is probably the first bit of extended alone time the two of them have gotten together. And the first thing that happens is Lando punches him in the face. Like, he's got to be thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the, how, what could I have possibly done to deserve this? <laughs> And I mean, I think he says, like, this is not the first time I've broken, I gotten a broken nose over this, so, like, what the hell? Yeah. Which is amazing, by the way. I, to- I totally agree with all of this. However, I think, like, there are just as many circumstances where um, Han would have gambled la- on Lando's life, so. <laughs> no, that's 
absolutely true. Like, Han, <laughs> Han is coming from this absolutely shaky, like, supposed moral high ground. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, you're so right about that. I'm like, don't act like if the fucking tables weren't turned and it was, like, something that you were more familiar with than him that you wouldn't have done the same exact thing. Oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um... You know, if we're if we if we're cool to move on, I think that kind of like leads perfectly into Hollandos character arcs, uh, from solo to last shot. You know, going through right through the original trilogy. Yeah. Um. You know, we see, <laughs> what we we see in solo that um. You know, they're first meeting with each other and they just they kind of hate each other and um, they're they're really similar in that both of them have these really honest streaks in them where they they want to care about people but they're trying to suppress it really hard because of the business they're in and also because they've been burned so many times um to them actually you know struggling with that in the original trilogy and then you know here we have them actually giving a shit about them like lando is family for for Han's actual family, you know? Like, they finally they finally do get to that point, and, you know? Lane just figuring out his feelings for Kasha and whether or not, you know, he wants he wants family in that sense for himself. And um, that's something that young Lando, like, in his early 20s, back in the, the solo days, would never have thought about. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one thing... I, I, I feel like there's a lot... And this is something that I was a little bit frustrated by in Solo in the movie. Um, it kind of left the implication that, like, Han took the Falcon, and that is, you know, what Han pulled in in Empire Strikes Back, that Lando is, like, still supposedly some attitude. Like, oh, it's been a long time. I'm sure he's forgotten all about that. Like, and that's the last time they saw each other. And I think this book makes it very clear that that can't be the case, because they have such a relationship. And, mm-hmm. like, such a, like... And, I mean, the relationship in Solo is not friendly. Like, the relationship in Solo is, like, go away, adults are talking, I don't ever want to see you again, and stealing his ship. Right. Um, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but we see, we do see interactions between them, um, between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back in the comics, correct? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, well, fuck me. <laughs> I don't, no, we don't. Uh, that I'm aware of. Really? That's interesting. We okay. see a very little... The only place where we see Lando... We don't see interactions between them in either of their standalone miniseries. And the only place within the actual Star Wars ongoing series mm-hmm. where Lando appears is where he's working with Santa. Right. But they... Okay. But the comics make clear that they both know her and it kind of insinuates that they've all worked together on various jobs, right? Yes, potentially. Okay. I mean, I, I'm i going to go ahead and assume that just because, at least in Last Shot, like, Lando is very familiar with Sana, so. Yeah. And in, in the scene in Han and Leia's kitchen, he's, like, when uh, Han's like, oh, yeah, that job with Sana Staros, and Lando's like, ah, oh, yes, your lovely first wife. <laughs> like, I get the feeling that, like, Lando possibly could have been a part of that job. And maybe he got stiffed on his cut, too. Maybe that's what Han pulled. Oh, my God. Mm. So possible. Well, and, like, if not, he probably heard Han at some point say, uh, hot smuggler. And he goes, someone say hot smuggler? Where can uh, I would like to be there as well? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> totally. Landon's like, my How ears can are burning. I get in on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, so I want to. I just want to see more of them, and I hope that. I mean, it doesn't seem possible that the canon would have them not seeing any each other for the ten years or, you know, thirteen, thirteen years in between Solo and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I guess now that Solo's been released and everything, we'll see what else other media provides. Yeah. I mean, Solo obviously leaves a lot of room for a sequel of some sort, if not a direct one. But, of course, it did so poorly at the box office. I feel like if they were vaguely planning that, they're not anymore. So, who, who the fuck knows, but... Yeah, I'd be I'd be surprised if they did a another movie with Han as the main character. I could certainly see Alden and... Um, Donald Glover appearing, you know, making appearances of themselves, but I'd be I'd be surprised if we see either a Han movie or a Lando movie. I mean, I want my Kara Crimson Don movie, but that's neither here nor there related to this discussion. Yeah, so there's anyways. there's ways to do that without involving either of them. Mm-hmm. I think. And I frankly think it would make more sense. Oh god, yeah. Anyway. I know no one wants more mall, but I want more mall. I want, I want more mall. mall. <laughs> okay, cool. We're wrong. Good talk, everyone. <laughs> We're wrong. I also don't particularly feel like I need a Lando movie. Chris, we're, we're not talking about that. Okay. Go away. <laughs> that's I know that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, it sure is. I want more capes. Fuck you. I know. Love is capes. <laughs> Love is capes. I mean, I one of my favorite scenes in this book so far is when Elthory's like, are you coming? Can you hurry up? And he's like, I have to pick the correct cape. I need to change my cape right now, and if I don't, everything will be ruined. I loved it. Anyhow. <laughs> Fucking Lando. I know. Um, but going back to character development, oh my god, we are so off the rails on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Beep sure. boop all over the place. I know. But, I mean, there is a character progression there, and I am I am absolutely fascinated by it. And it's just like, I don't know. There's something sweet about it, especially because... You know, you see it in terms of, um, you know, Lando having that conversation with Elthory in this book about how much he actually cares about the thing she cares about, even though he doesn't actually want to admit it. And, um, you know, obviously we see that Han is kind of the smuggler with the heart of gold, and we've always known that, um, even before Solo came out. But even in this book, like, somebody gets, like, a bunch of knives thrown at them, and Han's like, I'm just gonna drag you over here and stick you under a table until somebody can call 911 because you're bleeding a lot, and yeah. I'm gonna go. Like, he didn't have to do that. He could have just left her there. Like, in the the scene in the diner where all of a sudden murder bots kill the, uh, the waitress or whoever. Um, but, no, those are absolutely, like, parts of them that they suppress, and then they realize they don't really have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's just, I don't know. It gives me the warm fuzzies. I love a good, I love a good character arc, character redemption arc, so. Yeah, I, Heck yeah. Solo, I think we may have mentioned at some point, but I read this book before Solo came out, and so this is my reread, and um, I, what, the part of this book that Solo made me appreciate a lot more is the young Han arc, um, and I just kind of love how fucking stupid he is, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> he's just, he's great. He's He has no idea what the fuck he's doing no absolutely not and um speaking of the you know the parts of the arc that i really appreciate um one of the things is that that uh, chris and i have been uh, giggling about is um his absolute delusion that sana is even a little bit romantically interested <laughs> in him which is hysterical besides the fact that Hana's, sana's a 
Sonosaurus is a giant fucking space queer. Um, this is true. It's canon. It's canon. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, there's this, there's this, it's like one line in, in this book where he's just like, you know, he's imagining her being into him and they go off and they have adventures together, smuggling shit for the rest of their lives. And like, I'm like, Han, you fucking romantic. You like, you're super into the idea of like wifing somebody and just like being with this person forever. Like, which is sweet because, you know, we meet Han in A New Hope and he's just like, yeah, I'm kind of into Leia, but I'm a playboy, so whatever. But I'm like, honey, you're a giant dork. You were like in love with her. Like, you want you want to be like the husband, the family man, like the whole thing. And, <laughs> you know, him kind of admitting that to himself um, in Return of the Jedi, where, you know, he's just where he's like busy being jealous of all these people. And he's just like, wait, she loves me. Oh my God, yes. Like, it's, it's, it's adorable. <laughs> And it's. And th- I'm sorry. I go ahead, Kristen. Son- it's okay. Thanks. Um, and I think it's interesting though, because we get when he's um, when Han is uh, thinking about like what his life with Sana would be. It would be like married but not tied down, right? It's like yeah. it's like the still gallivanting all over the galaxy, and that's in you know obvious, very stark contrast to like what he has with Leia. So I think it, it also just like brings that point home it's like oh when he thought about like what he would want to do with the person that he loved he, it was not sit in meetings yeah wife, wife up have a kid and sit at home right or whatever it is that he's doing right <laughs> it, it, was, it was like be on a ship in space <laughs> right i mean he wants those things but like not all the time and like he and Leia have not figured out how to get to that point yet like we were talking about in the first episode but you're absolutely yeah. right about that. And it's totally. And it's great because like an A, well, another thing that I love about when we first meet young Han in this book is he's the he's he's pining. He's always for the entirety of when we know Han, he is pining. In this book, he's pining after someone. We don't know if it's Kira or if it's someone in between Kira and Sana. But like he's like uh just like he's like absolutely heartbroken over something that clearly doesn't matter. And we know that he was like hung up on Kira for years. God damn it. And like, it's just great because this book is like, this is a very random reference that contextually makes no sense at all, but by the strict words it does. And it's the scene in The Dark Knight where (laughs) Heath Ledger's Joker is like, I'm like a dog chasing cars. I would have no idea what to do with myself if I actually caught one. And that's Han. He has mm. no idea how to act. He wants to, he's wanted to be in a committed relationship for his whole life, regardless of whether he wants to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. And he has no idea how to handle it now that he's finally fucking there. That's super true. And he's like so in love with Leia. And like, obviously he's not going to like do anything like crazy that some dudes would do. Like if they were in his situation, like go shit on her or something. But he's also just like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. <laughs> Which is sweet. He's, he's he's very bad at things. Oh my god, he is so bad at things. Like <laughs> one of the, I, I'll say this again, and I said this on the bonus episodes where um, we discussed Solo. Maybe it was one episode. Was it two episodes? Whatever. Um, probably two. Yeah, that sounds right for us. Living nonstop. Um, <laughs> but. You know, uh, one of my favorite things about Solo, and even in this book, is that, you know, Han's actually a giant dork. Like, he wants to be the suave, um, you know, badass smuggler. And he's a 
fucking nerd. He is such a hot mess. Yeah. And, you know, again, this book really captures that. And especially, he's especially in that zone when it comes to interpersonal relationships, whether they're romantic or not. So, yeah. I'm very much looking forward to the solo novelization because from the excerpt that's been released uh, on StarWars.com, uh, which I recommend people read. It's not very long. But I need to read that. <laughs> I, I, it seems like Mira Lafferty is nailing that aspect of him. Bless, because Han is a dork, and I need everyone to realize that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the Our solo episodes are bonus episodes eight and nine. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. And the first one is, like, reactions and some analysis, and then we got, like, a shitload of user questions. <laughs> user questions. Uh, <laughs> questions from you all. Sorry brain yeah um, and i and i went on my so. whole soapbox that lasted like 45 minutes too so <sighs> there's Twist. a lot of white man screaming in there if you'd like to <laughs> listen to that everyone, everyone just it's deleted that fine. episode off their phones it's fine <laughs> listen a queer lady of color like also just like sanctioned that soapbox so you know you can listen to it if you want i guess yeah. <laughs> you know we we do endorse that soapbox so we do but you know if you want to listen to it i don't always listen to chris but, you know. <laughs> so moving over to the i guess the lando side of things in terms of of character development you know obviously we don't have a lot about it because for better or for worse we don't have a terrible amount of lando and current canon because because reasons um but you know we 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 do have him, you know, in this in this book, you know, being the the consummate playboy, um, trying to um, um, talk up the vice grand administrator or whatever the fuck she's called, um, before he's dragged away by L three, and then we we see him again in Empire Strikes Back, floating with Leia, and he kind of never stops doing that because it's an inside joke at this point, um, and then, but. And then we see him, you know, trying to actually um, figure out what his feelings are for Kasha and what a serious relationship actually looks like for Lando Calrissian and all this other stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of his character arc besides the the scoundrel aspects of him, you know, um, being this hotshot smuggler, um, growing into a business person, and then growing into a war hero. Like, there's, there, there's definitely a lot to... A lot of high points in his character arc, just not a whole lot of detail, but all of it is significant, I think. Totally. I mean, and from, sorry, I'm going to be annoying. Chris, how old is Lando-ish in Solo? He's, he's two years younger than Han. Okay, He's great. younger than Han? Correct. I looked this up on uh, Wikipedia the other day oh. because um, on the fir- I was listening to the first episode and I thought Han was younger than he was, but I think they re-canoned him to be older than he was originally. Because my, I'll explain, my understanding was that he was 10 years older than Leia, but um, I think in the current canon, he's 13 years older than Leia, and Lando is two years younger than him. Because at the point where um, I was looking at what how old Han was, I was just like, well, I might as well look up Lando too. So there it was. <laughs> Um, Chris is booping the button for his Wikipedia app on his phone I so am. he can look at the shit. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating to me. Well, be- just because that would make him like 20 in solo. Which is crazy, And right? already established. Isn't that great? Like, way to well, hustle. And that, yeah, and that was kind of my point. It was like, we can tell that he's like 
young and fairly reckless, but like well established and cheating at Spock. (laughs) I know, like he's young, but he's hella smart, right? Yeah. So, but I think we we get the point that like much like Han, like his parents are out of the picture by this point, and we don't know how much they were there. Blah blah blah. Um, but we're like, okay, who let these boys out of the house? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Like, we know that um, Lando's mom was a significant figure in his life. Like, who knows where she is at the point where... Yeah, um, I thought that, but I couldn't remember. I was like, am I making that up or is that canon? (laughs) No, no, like, like, no, no, you're right. Like, Lando's mom is very important to him, but, you know, we don't really, we're not really aware um, by the time of Solo what she's up to or if she's alive or whatever the hell because moms and sorrows are always dead so yeah no <laughs> Super yeah Super duper dead that's it's it's interesting yeah lando is in fact two years younger than han and that's very interesting to right? me that he's that young in because it guys that means according to again it's wikipedia so it's not official and it did say approximately and we know that lucasfilm likes to play with the timeline a little bit but that means he was around 20 in solo which is wild right so um just to clarify for everyone solo is purportedly uh 20 years before new hope or uh, sorry 10 yeah sorry i had wine um so solo is 10 years before new hope and Han was born in 32 bby and lena was born in 30 bby according to wikipedia yes cool and I was born in 1990. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen. You're so welcome. In case anybody needed to know how old I was, <laughs> it's always a great question. You know, <laughs> you're for me. You're absolutely right, though, because we're on episode 59, and no one actually knows how old you are. So now we know. <laughs> I'm older than Kate and Chris, even though they are my parents. Yes, it's true. The fun thing about don't question this it. is that that means that Han was born right around the time when Phantom Menace happened. Oh, oh God! God! Ugh. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, um, does anyone else want to add on about the character <laughs> development since we have that lovely aside into how old he is? Um, I was just gonna add that I love that I love how put together he always is, and we get that in the movies, and in Empire and, uh. Return of the Jedi. And we get that in spades in Solo. And we get that here too. Like, uh, like older Lando is... You have older Han and older Lando who are just still the same foils to each other that they always were. Han is... A hot mess. A hot mess. Very seat of his pants. Likes what he likes. And... Doesn't know how to wear his clothes. Because doesn't know how to wear his clothes. Old ass fucking piloting pants or whatever the hell they doesn't are. know how to talk his way out of anything god um and just like kind of like grumpy but lovable whereas lando is always you know sm- he's he's the smooth talker he is the guy who not only seduces everyone but talks is, is kind of the negotiator talks his way through different things gets them in and out of places with you know instead of hans blaster he uses his voice and he's he's just always the one who's more put together and i just like the characterization in this book just like i i, I as the reader slid right into it and it like was very seemed very accurate to me 
Chris slid into it like Lando would slide into Leia's DMs. Oh my fucking god! What is Honestly, you? that could have gone a lot worse. Oh god, I'm so tired though. Um, I'm Sorry gonna... for being the absolute worst person in the world. Keeks, adult content. You're not fucking sorry. Like, don't don't lie to your parents. <laughs> Go to your room, Keeks. <laughs> well, well, okay. I'm gonna say one thing. Um, before we before we wrap up, I I want to say most of the Lando talk and a lot of the implications in terms of what he means for the Star Wars universe in terms of representation and what you know he represents um you know ethnically and racially etc um and a lot of the stereotypes that he plays into that Mm -hmm. are that um are ameliorated oftentimes by um the recent canon but i just want to kind of slip in there that we don't really know what racial politics are like in the galaxy far far away we obviously know the 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 binary between how humans and non-humans are treated we've seen that over again over and over again in in um the current canon but it's it's just interesting that lando is younger than han and again like you said chris he's a lot more put together than him and it it makes me wonder how hard he had to try you know how hard he had to work to be that put together and why he has to be that put together as opposed to han and you know it's a it's a it's an interesting question um about what Lando's reputation is in the galaxy, both, you know, in Solo and in the original trilogy and in this book. Um, you know, how hard he had to work to cultivate all of those things and why he thinks about cultivating those things. And we just don't know the answers to that. But, you know, in terms of real, real world parallels, like, yeah, we totally do know the answers to those questions. And obviously we're going to talk about that more in the wrap up. But I just wanted to point that out here since we were talking about it. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's it's a very important point to bring up that, you know, the two, uh, well, two of the three major black characters in Star Wars films being Saw, Finn, and Lando. Uh, Saw and Lando are kind of two the two sides of the stereotype you see about black men. They're either the angry black man or they're the sexual object black man. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to talk a ton about that in the wrap-up because it's incredibly important. Yeah. And how, you know, DJO really subverts that in this book. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. No, you're... And one thing that's just... Int- and, like, you know, when I said before about... When we were talking about other potential Lando stories, I do want to know more about Lando's backstory because, like, Han, we kind of see how he gets to who he is. Like, we see that through Solo and a little bit through Most Wanted, but mostly through Solo. But Lando's fully formed already. Lando doesn't change between Solo and Empire. Right, absolutely. I mean, he changes a little bit in, in terms of him, like, trying to kind of go legit, but he's still after, yeah. you know, the big payday, yeah. like, you know. Um, but at least in Solo, he absolutely plays into black stereotypes in terms of the absent father. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we will absolutely be getting into that more um, during the wrap-up. And if there's... Any uh, blind spots in terms of stereotypes about black men that we've um, neglected to discuss so far and you really, really want to see us talk about it, like, definitely add us on Twitter. Oh, please do, yeah. Totally. And just one other... Not that we're experts on it or anything, because none of us are black, but, like, we absolutely want to address it because it's incredibly important. Absolutely. And just one 
hilarious bit of trivia from that I math trivia that I just realized from looking at Wikipedia. I'm going to wait until Kate's not drinking her wine. Oh, well then let me say this. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and don't worry, Star Wars has the stereotypes covered if you uh, didn't get into Saw Gerrera content because we have Mace Windu as the angry black man before we have Saw. Oh yeah, so, that's an excellent point. Not, yeah. <laughs> not to worry, they've done it again. Yeah, absolutely. And if it, honestly, fucking if you, a. I know. But George Lucas was so good at diversity. Oh my god, fuck you. Um, well, if you want to hear us talk more about uh, Lucasfilm and its uh, failures and portrayals of black men, please uh, listen to our first bonus episode where we do a reevaluation of um, how we've been talking about Saw Gerrera um, throughout the podcast to that point. Because yeah. we, um, you know, we've been discussing his character as. Up to that point, up to the point of our first bonus episode, as he'd been depicted in the canon, but there were a lot of um, racially tinged ways that yeah. he'd been depicted in the canon that we hadn't addressed, and we do address those um, aspects of his character in the first bonus episode because we totally it's fucked the up. Second, it's the second bonus episode. My bad. Anyway, the second <laughs> bonus episode. Where yeah, we- and yet. You have to scroll a little bit far back if you want to listen to that, but we do uh, encourage you to listen to that. That came out um, right at the end of 2017. Um, That's bonus episode two where we talk about Saul. Thank you, Geeks, Um, because we hadn't addressed um, those aspects up to that point. That was us fucking up, and we wanted to fix that because we fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, My math-related trivia is that Lando is the same age in Solo as Anakin is in Attack of the Clones. What the fuck? You're so rude. Oh my god, that's right. Well, thereabouts, anyway. It's unclear if Anakin is 19 or 20. Around. But Lando is 20. <laughs> I always read him as 19 because of Because he's a math. child, yes. Well, because of past math, but I don't know what the new can is doing. But anyway, yeah. I mean, it's... It, 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 as, as any uh, qualifier based only on years does, it varies six months here. Like, plus or minus six months. Sure. But... <laughs> But also, oh my god. <laughs> of course, Lando is established and polished and has a beautiful cape collection. And Anakin is like over here crying about how he can't fuck Padme. But, you know, whatever. Floating pears and things. I wonder how Lando oh. feels about sand. <sighs> All right, that's our show. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 59. Eat of, my ass, you uh, fucking asshole. The Book Wars pod. Next episode, we're going to be talking about Last Shot. Again, finishing the book, reading part four through to the end. You butt. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. I at, hate you. At Book Wars Pod. On all those platforms, bookwarspod at gmail.com. You can sleep on the balcony this evening. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station. I swear to God. <laughs> It's not even as mean as it could be. It's like warm outside. You can sleep on the balcony, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Hamlet and I hate you. On iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And uh, please, especially on iTunes, we are just... Has anybody checked recently? It's still at 13 because okay. people are lazy. We're still two, re- <laughs> two reviews away from giving away a copy of Most Wanted by Ray Carson. Yes, Kate? That's right. I called you lazy because I'm drunk. Can oh somebody God. please review this podcast? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Kate's doing great. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, Kate and Chris are married. (laughs) Also, sorry. I'm usually not this choiced on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. That bottle of wine was a lot fuller. Listen, it absolutely is true. It's because when I drink rosé, I drink too much rosé because it's fucking delicious. It's delicious. It's like candy wine. Sure is. But like (laughs) not sweet candy wine, hopefully. Accurate. Anyway. Leave us a review, not just a rating, a review with actual words on iTunes and you and send us a DM with a screenshot of it and you'll be entered to win a free copy of Most Wanted by Ray Carson as well as assorted other little uh, gifts that we have to give away. So if you don't want Most Wanted, there's other things you can win as well. And we're giving the little things away at random so you never know when you can win. So if you want one of those things, then definitely toss your name in the hat because I'm just- a thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna like do it on a whim, probably while I'm as drunk as I am right now. Yep. Mom and Dad say use your words. You can win most wanted. Later, there will be opportunities to win other books, can win patches and pins and other exciting things. So leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you are so inclined and have the means, we would love it if you would donate to our Tashi Station Radio Patreon and our coffee at coffee.com slash bookwarspod. It really helps us cover our hosting and production costs, and it will allow us to raise enough money to uh, come up with some Book Wars Pod swag for Star Wars Celebration next April. We are about 40% of the way there, thanks to a very generous gift from at Celestial Intent. I love you. Um, That is the reason you all got Hamlet pics on the Instagram last Friday. If you want more pictures of the official hamster of the Book Wars Pod, give to us on coffee. Also, if you if don't want more pictures of Hamlet, then how don't tell us. Are you? And honestly, you should stop listening. <laughs> also, um, you know, I we totally understand um, that Star Wars Celebration is a huge investment, and um, you know, some of y'all might not be able to come. But if you do donate to our coffee, we will absolutely make sure that we at least mail you some. Oh, absolutely. Swag because. Like, we get it. Like, <laughs> you know, we're not made of money. Like, we understand if you can't make it to celebration. Hence the coffee. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Help us, we're poor. <laughs> anyway, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. For Kristen and a very drunk Kate, I'm Chris. <laughs> so drunk. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Book Horse Pod. And we'll talk to you next week. There was a lot more wine in that bottle. There was a lot more wine in that bottle. Jim's fucking thing about Little Starfighter and Uncle Wow Wow. It kills me. I was just. Kills me every time. I was just thinking about that. I had wine.